Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PersusGrowing.com. In this interview, we speak to Derek LaRosse, who is also known as Chronic, and he is the host of Homegrown Cannabis Co. podcast. It's a real cool conversation, proper stoner conversation. We don't speak much about cannabis during this show, but, uh, you know, we just get high and chat some shit. And I do have to put a trigger warning in here. At some point through this episode, we do speak about suicide and some problems with mental health that Derek has had in the past. So if you, if that's going to affect you in any way, then maybe you should skip this episode. But it's a real fun episode. We do talk about a lot of cool stuff. We go into spirituality, uh, sort of DMT tripping, psychedelics. We talk about some ghosts and some paranormal stuff. We just go off on many different tangents on this episode. Just a cool, laid-back, stoner conversation. Derek's a real cool guy. Really enjoyed having him on the show and really enjoyed just chatting shit with him for a couple of hours. So this is cut down to some stuff that I've taken out. If you want to hear the full one, then contact me on Persis and I can send you the link to the YouTube video and you'll be able to see the interview in full unedited. But this has been chopped down a little bit, took some bits out. So anyway, here's the interview. I hope you enjoy it and I'll catch you at the end of this to drop you with some more information about where you can find Derek and things like that. So for now, get high and enjoy this one. I'll see you in a bit. Hey, what's up, everyone? Yo, what's up, Derek? How are you? Yeah, all good, man. All good. Same old shit. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. But yeah, man. Well, I am Mackie from the UK from High and Homegrown. You yeah, also have uh, the word homegrown in your podcast name, right? Yep. The Homegrown Podcast. <laughs> You're chasing after SEO keywords, bro. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always funny with that, right? Yeah, man. Uh, so how long you guys been well sorry you want to introduce yourself so the people listening know who you are absolutely so for everyone listening i am chronic aka um you know the homegrown podcast podcaster i don't know whatever you want to call me so i go by uh my name is derek larose i go by chronic i uh, started the channel the cannabis chronicles a few years back and then i started a podcast called the homegrown podcast that um homegrown cannabis co has been fortunate enough to pick up and allow me to get on air every week and blab to everyone and teach them some cool stuff about cannabis and bring some cool guests on sweet so you've been doing it for a few years I have. We're on our uh, 122nd episode, and this is, I think, two or two years now, just roughly. Cool. It's about the same as us. I think we're on uh, 114 is oh, an, uh, our next episode but for, for our live stream. Anyway, we don't count the interviews on that. Oh, that's true. True. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mission, isn't it? This whole podcasting thing. It is. It's always fun getting all the tech stuff because we like we started with Zoom and then we went to uh, I think we did like uh, Skype or something or Google Meets or something like that. Now we're on Zencaster. So it's always fun mm. doing all the different, you know, like back behind the scenes type things and figuring out what works best for the flow of the podcast. Mm -hmm, Definitely mm -hmm. interesting. Do you do it all yourself or the production? So I used to do most of it myself. Um, I would say like 95% of it I used to do, but now I just have to record and we have Zencaster and then I have a editing, editing team that actually picks it up and edits it, edits for me and all that. Nice. I'm yeah, still so stuck I'm in the struggle, spoiled. man. Still, yeah, I'm, I'm still dealing with all that shit myself. I do all the editing and the picture making and do pretty much all of it, really. 
I love the picture I'm seeing right here with the the little toad uh, like shroomed out. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love it. It's, it's great. I was just playing some Super Smash with some some of my homies oh, earlier. Sweet, so. sweet, yeah. yeah, man. Has he been uh, playing Mario One this week with my ah, boy? He, okay. He's he's only nine, and uh, <laughs> he's he's loving the original Mario on the uh, NES yeah. on the NES, man. I haven't played that in years. That was something my older brother, like um, I have an older brother, probably about 10 years older than myself. I'm 27. Right. And uh, he had one of those and I remember mm-hmm. playing it and seeing that. Yeah. That's his, uh, like around the same age as I am. So it's, it's, that's the console we played when we were kids, you know, back in the day playing the NES. Good <laughs> shit, man. Good shit. It was complicated though. It's uh, not as easy as I remember it being when, you know, my brain worked faster. <laughs> right a little little quicker with the uh the button pressing mm-hmm. so what do you guys do on your podcast then is you do uh grow guides interviews things like that so yeah i started out the podcast as essentially um when i first got into cannabis there wasn't really too many um i mean there was a lot of advocates you had mr grow it that was doing his thing starting up and you had um mr canucks and like various people like that um but there was a lot of information where it was just like hey do these steps buy these things and you'll get this outcome and no one was really explaining like why do we do these steps or Mm. what is the fundamental understanding? So I decided to make my podcast specifically educational. Um, The first few episodes I had brought one of my mentors on um, organic grower, and we just chatted all about microbial life. And um, it really generated a lot of like um, want from people to learn the fundamental understandings of their soil microbiology and just various things like that. So we toned back the uh, long verse episodes and we started doing more short um, kind of like uh, in-depth, you know, if this episode's on drying and curing, let's talk about the specific parameters that you're going to be drying and curing. So we kind of spent every episode going through all the different variations of autoflowers to feminize to fast versions and, you know, soil, hydro, cocoa, aeroponics, aquaponics, you know, kind of did the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And now we're kind of on the, uh, the train of trying to grab as many guests so that we can bring various products, um, just new grow techniques. Like I had Eric Brandstad on where he talked about his, you know, how he does the, um, he, where he black, like he covers greenhouses and and causes blackout times and stuff. And, you know, we have various guests on that just pretty much try to bring as much options to the home growers out there listening to get them better cultivators and implement different things into their garden to help them out, you know, grow that good old sticky, icky medicine we Mm -hmm. all love. (laughs) Sweet, man. So what state are you in? You're in a legal state, I suppose. I am. I'm in Colorado. Cool. Cool. And do you grow your own? I do. Yeah. I've been growing my own for many years illegally as well. (laughs) I'm one of those Florida boys that used to grow up and uh, do some fun Florida stuff. I'm not from Florida originally, but I I grew up there for many years. Nice. Yeah, man. So what are you growing right now? What's what's your growing technique? Do you use living soil, hydroponics, cocoa? What's your method? So right now it's just, I'm, I just threw some soil in some pots and I uh, feed the soil with some microbial life and just um, kelp and a few other like organic fertilizers from homegrown. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very simple right now. Cause we're in the process of potentially moving to a bigger place for a breeder operation. So when I do grow, like when it's my, you know, happy place and I have all my tents and stuff out, um, I'm a big fan of living soil. I've only gotten to work with it a few times. Um, mm-hmm. and the one time I made my own recipe for super soil, which I'm a big fan of, I, uh, grew a Jack Herrera and I pulled 6.5 ounces from her. 
Mm -hmm. So it was a wonderful experience, but I'm a big fan of super soil and hydroponics. Those are my two favorites. Yeah, man. Well, fucking Jack Harris, a quality strain as well. It's one of my favorites, man. It's a, it's a really nice one. If, if you've never smoked it and you're listening, definitely uh, get your hands on some. Cause that mm-hmm. for me, it's personally, I think, I think it's my favorite sativa. Well, it's, it's called the perfect sativa, isn't it? This is like, mm-hmm. this is what people know it as the perfect sativa. Yeah. It's just, it's just such a delicious yeah, and easy to grow as well. It's really easy yes. to grow. Jack is just fucking grows itself, man. Give it what it needs. It does its own thing. And it's very stout. It's not like your very lengthy or stringy strains. It has that very nice, you know, mountainous or indica feel to where, you know, those, those node spacings mm-hmm. aren't, you know, three, four, five inches apart. Yeah, so it, when I first found out it was a sativa, I was like, it's a sativa? Really? You know, yeah. It, it does give off a lot of indica traits. And it's very nice on the, the taste palette, you know, it has a lot of those fruitier notes or like the mm-hmm. apple note almost. I, I, it's a wonderful strain. It definitely is. Anytime my fiance and I smoke it, dude, we end up hiking like freaking five, <laughs> six miles. And then we're like, oh my God, we hiked so far. And now we've got to walk back. <laughs> Shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep the joint for the walk back, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh. Damn. Good times though. It's worth it. It's worth it. It is. It Jack is. Jack Harris, beautiful, man. So with your podcast, you say you have guests on uh mm-hmm. how many interviews do you think you've done um i would say at least 30 to 40 at maybe 30 i would say very solid 30 um mm-hmm. we've had guests like eric branstad i've had kyle cushman on several times like yeah he's he's always a great guy to chat to chat with still and still haven't some... got him on the show man i've been trying to get in touch with him for two years and we still n- never got him on the show We'll try to make it happen. I'll, I'll reach out to him and see if he uh, wants to do a show. I know he's kind of in his, uh, I think he's taking some time just to grow. I don't know if he's doing mm. shows, but I know he's been focusing on his show. But yeah, I'll definitely reach out. He's a, he's a wonderful guy to chat with. Um, the last time I had him on was with Will and Victoria, but the time prior where it was himself, he went into this like crazy in-depth um, like explanation of how to get like the actual understanding of cannabis nutrient ratios. And it was, I, I've listened to that episode probably three or four times and it, I still pick up something new every time. It's Sweet. definitely, that man got so much knowledge yeah, um i chatted with people like nikki and swami there there's yeah. a their episodes a lot of fun to listen to because i'm a history buff i'm a big culture guru i love i love me some culture learning i like learning you know different things about around the world and uh my fiance is from her family is from the middle east um on one side and you know, with all the wars and various things that happened, temples and, you know, a lot of the sand structures that were actually really gorgeous sand structures that they had naturally painted or dyed with natural dyes and stuff hmm. have been lost. And Nikki and Swami got to, you know, they really went into like what it was like, you know, the Arabian night era, almost like Aladdin. And it was just, it's a really wonderful episode to listen to. Sweet. And then we have, I just had Jane and David Sandelman of Canatrol. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but no, it's no, really... Yeah, it's just really awesome. Kind of like a, I don't want to call it a humidor. <laughs> it's just the only way I know how to explain it, but it's like a, it's like a cigar humidor, but like 10 times better for cannabis. Hmm. And it's like a little wine cabinet thing, but uh, they went into like the whole science behind it and they're a wonderful couple and they've been slaying it. And it's, uh, it's actually, it holds like four pounds of cannabis in total, like to like dry, cure and keep, which is like, un- I thought it held less because it doesn't, you know, size lies is like, uh, you know, a little, little uh, deceiving online, but no, it was cool. It was cool to talk to them. So those are the type of interviews. It's just variety of educational to uh, product, uh, you know, bringing products to light. Sweet. 
which one has been your favorite? It's always oh, a difficult, a uh, difficult question to answer that is always, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> that's a hard one, man. Um, you know, I have to be honest. I got to give Kyle that one because for me, I'm, you know, I might be only 27, but I've been consuming cannabis since roughly 14, 15. And I've been selling it since that time. <gasps> and uh, I know, right. Bad, bad, bad. I, you I don't degenerate. Do I know you horrible, terrible <laughs> scum of society. Uh, but so I've always loved high times magazine. It's been something I've mm. read, you know, growing up and it's been like, I remember talking to some of my buddies years back and I was like, I had made this comment, like, dude, imagine meeting Kyle Cushman. How crazy would that be? Mm. And did I actually get to talk with Kyle and like, get to like, you know, introduce him and like, you know, he texts me randomly and sends me pictures of his garden and we'll go back and forth. And not just the fact that I got to talk to him, but because he was so receptive to like the autoflower knowledge I had, he was so forthcoming with all of his knowledge as a grower to me. And it, I mean, he's just been an immense help, whether it's understanding certain things I didn't understand or just really being, uh, everything i imagine kyle to be even though there's one episode he goes yeah it took me 15 years to fill the shoes of kyle cushman and i totally get that because <laughs> you know people look up to you in a special light when you're like one of those idols and stuff um but man he's he's a very special individual and he's very a cannabis the cannabis industry is very fortunate to have individuals like him and mm -hmm. nikki and swami so i think kyle is my number one with nikki and swami is my number two Sweet. <laughs> we've had nikki and we had swami on by himself at one time and yeah. we had a uh, nikki and while we on together as well and they're both great interviews they're such cool people man they are they're so down to earth and they have mm -hmm. so much they have so much like humbling knowledge about yeah. life you know what i mean they, they just have this spiritual connection with the plants mm -hmm. that you don't see very often it's you know, how we, it's, we enjoy cannabis but they have this like spiritual connection with cannabis yeah it's it's dude it's so funny because uh, I teach my fiance how to grow kind of like, I'm not, listen, I've never spent six years in Nepal as a monk, like Swami has. So mm -hmm. I don't even understand <laughs> the level of like connection he has, but I've always felt connected to my plants. You know, we'll play mm -hmm. a music or I'll have my fiance talk to him because you know, female voices to have that frequency range. They really like, um, I pet my plants, like definitely spend time with them. There is a, there is an energy between plants. I mean, there's a cool study that Harvard did. I think it was harvard it was one of those top end schools where they had like um it was a bush that it was like a bush or a plant i can't remember well, obviously it's a plant but it's a bush or like a flower producing um bush i can't remember but they don't produce thorns like they've never been known to produce thorns and they did an experiment where one of the plants they did nothing but give it love and say nice things to it and all the happiness and everything and the other one they just cursed that and said like terrible things to and like <laughs> you know you know just to completely put it in like a shady corner and stuff well this thing grew thorns and like got very like you know kind of pissed off looking right mm. and the other one flourished and like grew its proper flowers and was all lovely so there's something with it with nature and energy and 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 you know with that connection and man swami and nikki and swami grow some of the best weed you'll ever see in your life mm -hmm. i'll tell you that much <laughs> never had the chance to try any you look up there in the emerald triangle have you been up and met nikki and swami and smoked some of that so weed? i haven't I haven't got to meet them personally. I got hmm. to smoke their weed years back. It was a cherry pie cross that they did. 
Oh, nice. one of my buddies went from the um, um, Emerald Triangle and came back to Florida and he had White Widow, Cherry Pie and a Northern Lights cross. I think it was Northern Lights and um, it was a skunk or something like that. I don't remember that one. We didn't spoke too much of it, but um, the White Widow was from one of the other growers out in the Emerald Triangle. But that Cherry Pie, man, I've never had it was you know, there's certain buds that last in your brain for terpenes. And that literally had mm. hands down. Anytime I think of cherry terpenes, that's the first strain that pops into my mind. It was the closest to cherry terpenes I've ever had mm -hmm. from cannabis. No way. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely delicious. And the highs are, you know, the outdoor bud when, when it's really organically grown and they're doing it sun grown like that, man, the, the terpenes and cannabinoids in it, it's just like no other man, like the yeah. indoor shit can definitely grow, but outdoor is just freaking nut. It's just next level. It's that whole terroir <laughs> thing, isn't it? which Swami also speaks about the, the soil, man, the specific soil it's grown in, which is a certain way because of the area it's in and the bacteria, the microbes that are in that soil. Yep. some crazy science goes into this shit man it gets so deep it is and like the coastal salts from the sea and mm. like just everything it's like the perfect little trifecta of cannabis growing and you know that's the cool thing about cannabis is like that might be the best place to like generally grow a lot of cannabis mm. but there's still places around the world where there's strains that are the best place for those strains you know you have your lamb's breath down in like jamaica and stuff like that and you have like chabarkal ruderalis out in you know chabarkal uh russia or you have alaskan land races that are even crazier or some of the canadian strains are absolutely phenomenal or but the haze from the himalaya you know? oh yes or the the nepalese and the thai yeah, i love yeah. those strains man those the nepalese temple balls I was fortunate enough to have one in 2000. This would have been 2012. Is that made by Frenchie or just a Nepalese temple ball? That this was, I don't know who made this one. This was just one of my friends had collected from California. So it very well could have been made by someone who knew Frenchie or someone who was taught by Frenchie, mm -hmm. but I'm definitely not going to say it was made by Frenchie. It was very good, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I would have loved that is um that is definitely one man i wish i could uh have spoken with um, we were lucky to in for one interview we had him oh, on for wow. an interview it's fucking awesome man it was so, it's so cool speaking to frenchy that's that's really amazing i mean he did so much for hash in this community it's just mm -hmm. he really he really he was one of those souls where you just listen to him talk and it's just very enjoy it's just it brings like a, a light to your day listening mm -hmm. to him talk because he's so passionate you that's know right I mean? man the passion he's just unmatched you know, it's like it really Swami is. and Nikki with their spirituality towards cannabis, yeah. but Frenchy with the passion he had towards mm -hmm. cannabis and hashish in specifics. And the quality of hash, mm. how like in depth he was willing to train. Like I still, yeah. I still serious, go watch his, man. <laughs> yeah, I watch those three hour videos he put out. Um, I'll go rewatch them all the time. There's so much hidden knowledge in there. Like mm -hmm. now that I've been doing hash um, for like a year and a half, two years more consistently, I pick up new things every time. Cause you know, I'm not the best at hash, man. I'm still novice like many people, but uh, Frenchie definitely has helped many people. He's a wonderful guy. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm jealous you got to chat with him. That's amazing. Yeah we got very lucky it was going to be on for a second time as well but you know he mm -hmm. we all know what happened rest in peace yeah. French, man. we've yeah. had the pleasure of having madame cannoli on oh uh, no way i've always wanted to recently. chat with her she you should give like her a shout man i'll be able to pass you the email address on to you and you'll be able to get on the show yeah. she, she wants to uh make sure everybody knows about french's new documentary 
Yes, I've been waiting for that one. Um, I forget who told me about that recently, but someone was letting me know they were. I think it was Kyle, actually. I think Kyle was letting me right. know they were filming it. Cool. Carl was in it, is he? Do you... No, no, no. He was talking about how it's being filmed. He was right, talking right. about how there's going to be one being made because uh, Homegrown talks to, um, I believe, Miss Cannoli, uh, <laughs> Madame Cannoli here and there. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to talk with her. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to exchange. I'll, I'll trade you Kyle for... <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, it's like Tra trading cards of cannabis growers. Every you know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's the hit points on that one? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle's got two bong rips as a special. <laughs> Man, we, we have like we've had the pleasure of interviewing some fucking some amazing people from the cannabis world. I mean, I think the only person who we haven't is Kyle. Yeah, we've got, we've really? had so many people on the show, man. Tommy Chong, Jeff Lonefowls, we, oh, who we wow. had on recently. Uh, Jorge Cervantes been on many times. Ed I Rosenthal. love listening to Jorge. Oh, dude, you're going to make me end up going on a list. I haven't gotten to go and listen <laughs> to your show yet because um, we've been busy just doing, I've been catching up on my work tasks, but today mm -hmm. was supposed to be my uh, listen to your podcast before I came on. My dumbass did not realize this was audio only. So I went and got a haircut to look good for your <laughs> show because I've had dyed hair for the last three weeks. So I didn't get to listen to any, but I'm going to go on a spree of listening to some interviews because Jorge. No pressure. Is, no pressure, man. No, yeah. that's, I love interviews. That's what I listen to all day. I'm a big Joe Rogan podcast. I sucker. Cool. I just love that stuff. So, yeah, man, I didn't realize you've had so many wonderful names on. What was it like getting to talk? I know I'm asking you a question, but what was it like getting to talk to Tommy Chong? How was that oh he's been on five times now Ooh, it's, that's so it's, cool it's, it's like a normal thing now to just sit and chill and chat with tommy chong it's fucking crazy mate the that's first so time rad. was like episode four we hadn't we hadn't been uh going for very long okay we just managed i've seen him on a different podcast it was like tommy does podcasts let's see what we can <laughs> do and, you know and you don't ask you don't get it's like a, a principle i like to live by and yeah you know we just asked and he was like, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> no fucking, so fucking way. Cool. <laughs> That's so and cool. We have a, a really laid back format to interviews, as you can tell. This is what mm -hmm. we, we just chat shit. You know, whatever comes up, we talk about. And yes. Tommy enjoyed that. So he'd been back many times just to talk about whatever comes to mind, you know? That's wonderful. I Good And, fun, you mate. know, that's what I, I've gotten from a lot of the guests. Because, like, um, I, when I'm going to have you on for, for those listeners, if you don't know, he's coming on my show. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yes, we'll get that date sorted out after. But um, the you'll kind of experience it where it is like this kind of conversation style theme. But I have a little bit of guided questions because I like to ask some uh, specifics for my guests. Mm -hmm. But it generally is just like a little stoner, you know, smoke sesh kind of just shooting the shit with your pals kind of mm -hmm. thing. And I feel like most guests enjoy that. It's always a uh, big feedback from uh, the guests we have. And I'm sure you probably get it too. Yeah. Instead of answering the same old questions, mm -hmm. there's yeah. a whole list of questions that, uh, that get asked on every show. It's like oh Jeff, my when Jeff was on last week, he was like, what do you want to talk about? Like, well, we want to talk about Jeff Lowenfiles, really. <laughs> and that's it and he, he did this presentation which he's done on other shows before but it was awesome man he had slideshow all prepped for us and everything he went through all this, oh, this quality cool. information that's really, really cool yeah good interview it was that was good fun that's like um i remember kyle when we first interviewed him um he was we had to tell the story of strawberry cough which he's told it like this poor man's probably told it like 80 times now <laughs> on, on, on so many different shows. So we got it out of the way. And it was funny before the interview. He's like, he's like, dude, 
I hate this fucking story. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just starting to crack up, you know, because me, I know the story. I know Kyle didn't grow strawberry cough. I know he's the guy who smoked it and got it famous. All right? right. A lot of people think he really is the guy who grew it. And so he's been telling this story for freaking 10 years, right? Or like six years. And he comes on, he's like, all right, just ask me like, just let's just get it over and done with. And then let's roll into other things. I was like, and then I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to ask you the simple question. And we start the podcast. I was like, all right, Kyle, tell everyone how you didn't grow strawberry cop. You just smoke a lot of it. And he just starts laughing. Cause it's like, not the way he's been asked before, you know? So I think it, <laughs> I think guests always enjoy when you kind of like ask those questions or peek those things that they kind of have to talk about, but in more fun ways, because mm-hmm. it gets monotonous if you're just going to get asked the same questions question 30 oh, for sure. times yeah it must unless they're specifically out there you know just trying to push their new book or something like mm-hmm. that then they appreciate certain questions but it's always yes. good to just chill and chat shit you know yeah it's like we're humans we got other things mm-hmm. we like doing <laughs> Weed's you know, not the only thing i do <laughs> and that's it and if you're a joe rogan fan as well like, i like joe rogan episodes too and i listen to a lot of rogan and that free flow form of podcasting seems to be good you know just just talk man just talk it works. It allows for like that open conversation and people not to feel like, honestly, the whole feeling like you have to walk over words. I, I, that was like my number one thing. I wanted to make sure my guests never felt on my like show, you know, don't worry about walking over your words. You can say stupid shit. You know, you mm-hmm. can have some fun with it. And I think that's why I like Joe Rogan so much is because you get guests that are like these scientists or these like super psychological, like, you know, they're like doctors and stuff. And all of a sudden they're like smoking weed or smoking cigars and drinking, mm-hmm. having fun. And like, <laughs> it's just good to see like the, you the, know, the, like the Bob Lazar episode where he's like, we're going to get some more liquor in you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bob Lazar's. I love that you know that episode. That makes oh, me I know, happy. I know them all, man. I know them all. Yes. And the Graham Hancock episodes, that they're ones yes. which are good. And the Graham Hancock with um Randall Carlson. Randall Carlson and mm-hmm. who's the other guy who's um I forget his name. The Michael Sherman. Michael Sherman, yeah. you know, that episode where they're all just having that debate for the that's a fucking awesome episode. Yes, yes. Like Tyson. Oh, Tyson's the good one. When my favorite from Tyson, I still think to this day, is when he was on, I think this was his show, or he was on somebody else's show. It might have been Jake Paul's or some shit like that. But he, is there like a it's like a a famous 10-second clip of him sticking his fingers and dipping out like four to six grams of concentrate out of this whole ounce jar of like top tier. I'm talking like exclusive breeder concentrate. And this man just put his fingers all up in it, acted like he was about to eat it like peanut butter, bro. It's one of my favorite clips because if you know anything about dispensaries, that man just made that like $30,000 jar of like concentrate, nothing. <laughs> well, it's just so, or he made it more because Tyson's fingers went in it. One you know of the I mean? two. But, Tyson's uh, Tyson's toe jam. Right, right. <laughs> oh, Tyson's a crazy man, dude. Yeah, Him uh, eating shrooms live. Did you have you seen that one? Where, uh, I think that was on the uh, Jake Paul podcast, and he's just got a handful of shrooms. God, he, he puts them all in his mouth, and I don't know if you tried shrooms before, but they don't taste great. It tastes like shit. <laughs> you know, he's just put them all in his mouth, and he's chewing them for like five minutes. And the, the guy says to him, "He's like, don't you want to drink some water with that?" <laughs> so no, I'm not finished yet. It's like, oh god, this is terrible man. But he must be fucked up off that. That was fucking bro. Funny. He's a different breed of human. He mm-hmm. is a different mm-hmm. breed of human, man. There's certain people that I am a uh, 100 like I am willing to bet money. 
I could out dab pretty much anyone on this planet. I'm I'm pretty confident in my dabbing <laughs> abilities, and and uh, people have have questioned me that before when I say these things, and then I dab in front of people who who've been smoking for like 60 years, and I take like a full gram dab, and I, it doesn't phase me, and they're like, Jesus Christ, this is, this is not a normal person. <laughs> but when it comes to like mushrooms, <laughs> oh my God, mm. that man, I don't even I don't even understand how he he, he ate them raw. I yeah. think I would puke everywhere if I tried mm-hmm. to eat. Oh god! Even mushrooms. thinking about it, he sends shivers down my spine, man. It's, no, oh, man. Gosh. Give me two grams of dab, I'll puke my my brains out. But I'm not <laughs> eating raw mushrooms like that. Ugh. I'm like, I have to chop mine up. Like whenever I do mushrooms, to because I do I do them to help my depression here and there. I'll reset and just kind of like go, uh, you know, like I don't have suicidal thoughts and stuff. Mm. Not to be all like, whoa, big heavy drop. I talk about it a lot on my podcast. I, mm. I deal with that type of stuff. So okay. um, I'm big advocate for psilocybin because I think it helps reset your perspectives and things. Mm-hmm. But I got to take my shit with orange juice, bro. I cut that up. I take it with orange juice. I'm gagging the whole time. <laughs> like I am not eating raw mushrooms like fucking Tyson, dude. That is not happening. And first off, I don't know if anyone, if you guys have never done mushrooms, it's not like cannabis where you can smoke cannabis and you might be a little paranoid in public. Nah, man, mushrooms are like a whole other level of paranoia if you're Mm -hmm. not ready for it. That's right. And if you go over a couple of grams, man, then it gets harder and harder to to control. You know, when you can tell yourself, I've just taken some shit and I'm a bit mashed up. It's okay. I'll be over in a couple of hours. (laughs) That shit gets less and less the more you take, man. You gotta be careful with that shit. And you can't sleep it off. You're not sleeping mm. mushrooms off. You just have to piss a lot. Are. That's the best thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that flushes yep. it out, man. Just keep on pissing, and yep. you'll go. Drink a lot of water. You know, I've read um, but it, I didn't read it. I saw a YouTube video. It was a trip report. This one guy, uh, he took ten grams of mushrooms. It's that's some. It's like above heroic dose. Oh my god, crazy. it's double heroic, bro. That's yeah, like it's crazy shit, man. That's like God dosing. Oh my yeah. God. He wanted to do it. I'm putting, you know, he was looking specifically to trip in a certain way that like destroyed his ego and just had the him ego in a death. Complete, just completely different frame of mind. And he said he took it. And, you know, after like 20 minutes, he needed to go take a piss and he pissed in a jar and drank his piss again. Oh my God. It's like that, that's some hardcore shit, man. Holy yeah. shit. And You're apparently that's what the shamans do. Yeah, the oh, shaman's yeah, drink actually, that piss. Yes. Yeah. Damn. That. Mean. And this is apparently one of the reasons why reindeers are so popular around Christmas times because the uh the Fly Garrick, you know, that one, the the toadstool, like like the Mackie avatar there. Yeah. That that mushroom with the red top and the white dots. That yep. one, if you eat it raw, then it's just gonna give you a little bit of a sedative effect. It doesn't work properly. But mm. uh, the reindeers eat it and then they piss. Out all the the um after it's been f- filtered through their piss through mm. their kidneys that that makes it more active. So then when you drink that, it matches you up in the way you're supposed to get matched up by the uh, by the fly Garrick. So people drink reindeer piss to get super fucking high off these mushrooms, man. Damn, dude. I mm. listen, man. I'm all about psychoactive. <laughs> I don't know if I'm drinking you know reindeer I'm saying? piss. That is a different know? level, man. I'll sm- I'll, li- I'll lick a frog. All right, I'll lick right? a frog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got I ain't that. Gonna drink no piss, Holy bro. Holy shit. <laughs> Yo, hey, t- give it, whatever reindeer piss drinkers, you guys. All right. <laughs> you know, know 
just let us know how it is man give us a review online you do a trip report you know we can listen but i ain't gonna have like the international bitter (laughs) units of reindeer piss like (laughs) it's gonna be like oh this one's more like a lager no that one's like an ipa over there (laughs) you know do you you, you drink when it's warm do you let it go cool first do you think it has a head on it oh oh, god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> terrible god oh fuck you know imagine dude, the, the only... aftertaste oh god oh dude oh dude it has a has a nice ammonia <laughs> nice ammonia listener discretion is advised everybody right yeah so the yeah. Other, i will say the only time i i've never done reindeer piss <laughs> on dmt twice oh uh, cool did you do uh, um how much did you do breakthrough did you do so both times i did breakthrough the first nice. time wasn't that heavy the first time was only about like i would say five minutes worth of tripping maybe 45 minutes in my brain so right. like relative time mm-hmm. um so i had a buddy years back so for those viewer discretion i don't i don't want to trigger some people because like if you're dealing with this just understand i'm about to talk about suicide and i'm about to talk about someone having passed away so if that happened recently maybe turn off the episode or just like take a deep breath and get ready mm-hmm. um so years back, I had a friend that ended up killing himself. I walked into his bathroom. Um, I ended up finding him as his wrists were cut, and I had oh, to watch him die in my arms. Damn, bro. <laughs> it was pretty fucked up. Yeah, uh, Set me down a pretty bad spiral. I ended up taking, tried to take my life, and uh, I was Whoa. resuscitated. So with that happening, that whole situation happening, I had, a, I had a group of friends that were around then, and they were, like, really trying to help me. And I had a buddy whose dad was a chemist. And I say this, and I'm not saying no names because I don't know if his dad's a chemist and I don't want him to get in trouble. <laughs> um, but his dad used to make this kid. Now, this kid was like one of these kids that he was into everything. Like this kid was doing acid and all sorts of things. And his dad found out and he was like, you need to stop doing these drugs. You're going to die. Well, this kid ended up doing like bad acid one time and it almost killed him. So his dad was like, fuck Oof. it. I'll make your drugs, but you only get ratioed out how much I give you, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty much just like making sure his son doesn't kill himself. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just kind of like, you know, you guys might have your own opinions on that, but like his dad was pretty cool. But anyways, his dad derived DMT from those toads. His dad actually kept those toads. Cool. And so I'm taking a fucking piss after having smoked a joint with my buddy. And now there's two ways you can smoke DMT. One way takes about 25 minutes to onset and generally you don't have a breakthrough and that's smoking it on cannabis or some form of an herb that you decide to just powder dust and consume. It's what happens is, is you're not really igniting DMT to the full temperature it needs to be to actually get the vapor effect, but you're ingesting enough DMT to where you're putting DMT into your bloodstream and body to where 20 minutes out, you might have a breakthrough or you might have a small trip Hmm. or you might just feel kind of euphoric. Well, I fucking take a step into the bathroom 15 minutes after smoking this joint that this dickhead put this D, uh, DMT on and didn't tell me. Oh, and I take I take one step into this bathroom and all four walls just disappear. Like, and I now I didn't know that I headbutted the wall, but I went face first into the wall and collapsed on the floor and I was tripping. But I go into this trip and I don't know. I literally had no perception of what was happening. It was like light speed in outer space. And then I was like seeing fractals appear in my eyes. And then I was like, I thought I was seeing just beings walking around everywhere, but it was like moving fractals. And then I was back to reality. And it was the craziest thing ever. 
So fast forward to like a week later, my friend was like, Hey, I think you should do this. I think it will help. Cause I didn't, I only experienced it a little bit mm-hmm. and I was still like trying to contemplate, take my life. And it was a really rough time. So I was like, fuck it, let's do it. So he set up like a hashish looking thing where we smoked it through like some tin foil the proper way. Right. And, uh, I, as soon as I put my head back, I mean, I inhaled hard as fuck. He's like, hit it like a bong. He's like, really hit it. And I mean, I fucking chief that motherfucker. And I let my <laughs> head go back and bro, I saw some smoke come out of my mouth, but the t- by the time that I literally exhaled, I was blasted off gone. I had Maddie, which was my friend, um, fucking 10,000 infinite million places killing himself. And I had to watch him kill himself. And I started fucking crying and freaking out for a good 20 to 25 minutes. And all of a sudden I just finally said, fuck it. I'm sorry you died, Maddie. I love you. I'm not going to remember you this way. This is not how you're like, I'm remembering you. And I stood up and I was like, this is not what I'm going to do. And like, I, I remember you other ways. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you start thinking about all those memories I have and all of a sudden this is why I, I believe in gestures or the, the elves, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Yes, bro. These fucking things stood up, looked at me, shook their finger, like, no, no, no. Or like a, like a ha 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 kind of fucking thing gave me a thumbs up. I blinked and I was walking next to one of them just down this world. I've never been in smelling things I've never smelled in my life. And I'm looking at all these families that are existing. And like, I'm looking at all these friends hanging out and it's like, this thing's not even talking to me next to me. It just looks at me. And it's like, I knew like, Hey, dumbass, like appreciate the life you have. Like Maddie's probably off in another world living. Like, I don't even know what lesson it gave me, but literally Mm. in that moment, I was completely like, blissfulness kind of came over me and i was like i came back bro i started bawling my fucking eyes out wow i was so happy i was like my friends are like dude what's wrong you know they thought i was about to freak out and do something stupid i was like no i'm just happy like like i know he's in a good place like i'm good i'm good and like my friend dude my friends were sitting there like what like mind you these these are people who like a week and a half prior, I try to cut my wrist on, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. they're looking at this kid that just wanted to end my life, completely take myself out of existence. And then boom, I'm fucking like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, like completely content. That's fucking cool story, man. You know, of course there's shit bits in it. And we appreciate you sharing that shit with us as well, man. It must not be easy to talk about. I, but, I, no, no worries. It's definitely, I think, something that people need to hear. It's, it's not mm-hmm. the easiest to talk about. I know I kind of make light of it and I kind of giggle here and there. But, you know, I think if uh, he was still here, he'd want. I know for a fact that just if that can help me, you know, I'm not telling people mm-hmm. to go do DMT, but even psychedelics like psilocybin, man, yeah. they can really change your perspectives and so much. And that's a, even it. those bad trips, like you, you started mm-hmm. out with a bad trip there, but they still are lessons. They're there to teach mm-hmm. us something. You know, there's a reason why we go through this shit and it might be difficult, but but you have to go through difficult things sometimes to come out on the, you know, for every dark night, there's a bright day. One of those. Oh yeah. And some of the best lessons are through some of the, some of the worst trips are some of the best lessons. We call them ego deaths. A lot of, if you look them up online, you can look up ego deaths. Um, Mm -hmm. Ego deaths are essentially when you take a, so much of a hallucinogenic that you really, you essentially experience death. It's coming Mm -hmm. to the fruition that I always try to preface this life is not meaningless by any standards. Um, Mm -hmm. when I say this is like, especially 
And I, I wholeheartedly, I'm going to tell you guys, if you try this, when you do mushrooms and you think about this specific question, beware, because I've sent so many people down this rabbit hole and ego deaths. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're a lot more wise after, but it's very scary. You know, when you start asking your, yourself, why or do, do I matter? Does my decisions or do my actions and regrets matter in this life when you're tripping hard, bruh? You're going to have a severe ego death that sets you up for the explanation to essentially say, like, if you believe in anything with reincarnation or energy, or you believe in like the DMT world or the transfer of energy, I guarantee your mind is instantly going to go, no, nothing really matters. Everything you hear is like in a blink of an eye. As soon as you're dead, the world's going to keep revolving and no one's going to care. The only people that are going to care are the people that you know. And then your first death isn't your only death. You have a mortal death. And then you have your second death, which is the last time someone says your name. And then mm -hmm. you have a third death, which is the last time someone thinks about you. So it's like you have all these things and perception that kind of come flashing that we as humans, I don't think about in a lot of cultures think of daily. And those are what's ego deaths is essentially when it's prepping you for the idea that once you're gone, whatever lessons that you left here, that's all you get to leave. Like we don't get to leave even monuments, monuments get destroyed. You know, I'm sure there was monuments of Zeus and Odin and Poseidon and various gods that have destroyed over the years. You know, it's like monuments cannot survive the test of time. However, you know, like it's so peaceful in those moments when I've had those ego deaths that make me think, wow, what is life? Like, why am I here? Like, what's the point if no one's going to remember? And then all of a sudden you remember the point is, is for all those people in those lives you impacted, like those people will matter. Like, and it's like mm -hmm. the things that you're doing for this world matters. Like you're this, you're a part of something so much bigger than yourself and you start feeling connected. So those are, I think that right there is a, a very vague and brass description for anyone who's ever wondered what a real heavy trip is like. It is going through the aspects of like, you're pretty much dying and life moves on without you, but you're also accepting all the beautiful things you're a part of. Yeah. Crazy, crazy shit. I've never been that far deep, man. I've never done DMT. <laughs> I would like to, but it's just difficult to get hold of it here in the it UK. Is. It is. Yeah. And I wish it wasn't because years mm. back, you could buy that shit on the, you could buy it for like, fuck. I don't know when Bitcoin yeah. was going for like a cent, a Bitcoin, you could do like a hundred Bitcoin and get yourself like a pound of DMT or yeah. half a pound of DMT. And it really wasn't anything crazy dangerous. Um, it's just kind of stupid that it's becoming governments really are targeting psychedelics mm -hmm. and even cannabis. I mean, psychoactives we're proving yeah, psychoactives. We're not allowed to think outside the box. That's the problem. Yep. Once your once your brain opens up outside the perception that they want you to think with, um, you know, there's a lot of it. Psychedelics really open up the idea of like you seeing the control that people do on, you know, use whether it's the lies that people. Um, oh boy, we're gonna. I don't want to piss any of your viewers off. Let me let me let me think about how I. <laughs> So I have to preface this whenever I talk about, because I get into a lot of these topics with my tattoo clients when I do private studio stuff, because I'm a tattoo artist. Uh, cool. Well. Um, and so before I, I offend anyone, understand this. I think every religion on this planet is uh, important for many things, because there was a very, very nice quote that was given to me by a Jehovah's Witness one time when he came knocking on my door. And I just ended up having a conversation with them instead of like telling them fuck off or like yell at them and tell them go away. I just, we had a conversation. I told them I'm a spiritual person. I'm very open-minded that I, I'm not a person that will ever tell you that something is exactly 
the truth because I don't know. I, mm-hmm. that, that is a, to be found out upon death. However, one's happiness is one who finds spiritual bliss. So when I say these next things, don't think that I'm saying your religion is invalid or I think your religion is stupid. I think human beings, when you do psychedelics, and this is a very popular thing with a lot of my friends who have done psychedelics, who really open their mind, uh, they become less and less religious and more spiritual. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them realize that a lot of the things that religions were founded upon, um, it's a lot of control. That doesn't mean that the religion isn't good in principles, morality, you know, whether it's Christian characteristics or um, Catholic characteristics or, uh, you know, Islamic, you know, certain Islamic things are, you know, good. I'm not going to say they're all good, but, um, you know, each tone, Christian has bad principles, Catholics mm-hmm. have bad principles. We all have good and bad, but the morality of it is such a beautiful nature and the fact that it's giving people spiritual bliss. And I always tell people, you know, the world would be a very violent place. Like if we all didn't have a religion or we all didn't have cultures and we were all kind of just like the Vikings back in the day where you believe that, you know, death was going to, you know, killing people wasn't a bad thing. Uh, you know, murder wasn't established and there really wasn't any penance for your soul. Like pretty much Mayans at that time believed in paganism and paganism required blood sacrifice. And they believed in like murder wasn't a thing that was just a part of their life. Um, so if you look at the life and like you look at human beings at some point in time, there needed to be someone to go, Hey, we probably should just stop killing people. It's kind of fucked up. Like you can't just be killing people. Deborah <laughs> didn't deserve to get knifed for being divorced because if a lot of people don't know this King James, <laughs> the reason King James actually had multiple Bibles uh, was because at one point in time that to divorce your wife, you had to behead her. And there is an overwhelming amount of women being killed in, uh, in, England and London to the point where it was becoming an actual problem for reproduction. Wow. <laughs> so, so with all the things in um, people's Bibles and religions and things like that, if you're going to do psychedelics and you're a religious person or you have some sort of spiritual beliefs, I guarantee it's going to make you question all the things that really come about in those trips that make you go, wow these really feel like control, but then these mannerisms and these principles are really for like the moral teachings. And it is quite unique when you start, if you do start down the psychedelic path and talking to people, um, and you, if you do like theology research, a lot of the principles through these various religions are all generally the same. And one of the most unique principles is that most of these religions, I would be willing to bet all of them that are older, as old as Christianity and or older, started with psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of Christians and Catholics don't know this, but the little smoke thingy, um, we're going to, to make this little blab of ransom mind, uh, easy. We're just going to call them believers of Christ, but they're more, the old school believers of Christ are more considered close to Catholics. That is why Christians broke off with Baptist and other things because they did not like the practices of the, the Catholic teachings and what they were doing in the old, old days. You know, they were still doing, uh, black, uh, they were still doing the original black mass, which was, uh, uh, a sacrifice of children and drinking blood and things like that. And, and r- Christians did not want anything to do with that. So they broke off from the Catholic church. So we're going to be talking about Catholics because the original Christ believers were formed under the Catholic guise of those, the Bible's teaching and biblical teachings. And, uh, they used to do those little smoky things like where you walk down the thing and you smoke people out. 
Well, that <laughs> actually had opiates, cannabosin, which cannabosin is message, uh, mentioned in the Bible, which is uh, the Latin term for cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had several other things inside of it. And the depictions of heaven and hell actually came from the old Sanskrit um, writings where people, these uh, these priests and um, high-level Sanskrit like uh, shamans, or I don't know what you would call them back in those days because they were like uh, – they were various religions of Hindi and, and, and things like that, believing in Shiva. Um, but they went on these trips using bong, B-H-A-N-G, and it had like opiate, DMT, um, it had cannabis in it, it had various other things. And they would go on these trips and they'd Dad. come back and they would depict heaven and hell. And Michelangelo actually used those depictions and descriptions to paint the Sistine Chapel. Mm. So- you really break into psychedelics and you see how connected, you know, heaven and hell, maybe it's not an actual legitimate place like we think where our souls are going to be condemned for eternity. But what's to say that your next life or your next experience with this DMT or whatever this thing we are, this energy, you don't move into a hellish life. You don't move into something that is so beyond humanity that you are absolutely engulfed in the worst thing you could ever imagine. And for that existence, however long it may be, that is hell. And that might feel like an eternity because what's to say that you don't keep getting put into these lives until that lesson for your soul is learned. Mm. And so that's kind of like the weird thing that you break into it. And a lot of these lessons is like teaching the soul. And when you go on spiritual trips, you know, when you have a bad trip, it feels like hell. Mm-hmm. And you're really just getting a taste of it. And like you start thinking and looking into like all the weird DMT stuff where, you know, you have people who, you know, reincarnation as, as crazy as it seems, you know, it's been slightly proven where you have there's stories of people in India where kids have done DMT and then all of a sudden they remember their past lives or kids just remember their past lives and they're claiming that they were married to so-and-so they know all these details that they shouldn't know. And, you know, not even being in India, but for Americans um, growing up, I had a friend out in Pennsylvania that he knew a kid that claimed to have been murdered in his past life. And this dude from like age three to seven said this shit and he goes and shows the police his body where it's buried finds the murder weapon goes to the guy's house who killed him the guy confesses that he killed him and how he killed him wow i mean you know you talk you 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 then have things like that in depictions and if you've never done dmt that's where it's like oh it's easy to brush off but if you've done dmt the craziest thing about dmt is when you fully break through and you're actually within another realm, it is as real as the reality you're in now. I'm talking feeling things. Uh, the experience where I was walking next to the guy, the like thing being thing. Um, and I don't even know how to depict that. It was like something I've never seen, but it was a human, just not like us. Like it was just crazy. Yes, and- crazy, man we ate food. I remember being full when I came back. I remember smelling things like steam, steam made my face moist. Like I remember that feeling. That's how crazy it was in the, and that's where I mean, is like when you do psilocybin and you do other things, cause I've never touched acid or stuff like that, but I've had friends who tripped on acid. 
you're it's like the sense of reality isn't like fully immersed yet almost like a almost like vr where you're there but you can't touch it right Mm. emt bro it's full immersion you're there you can touch you can taste you can feel you can smell you can laugh you can it's it's a very very it makes you question life immediately like Mm -hmm. i've never met a friend of mine who did dmt that didn't come back and go i don't know what happens after death but it's not what they teach it's one of the reasons why i want to try it it's because i'm an atheist i don't Mm. don't believe in any religion or anything like that i don't believe in ghosts or anything like that so i think to take dmt would be just about the only spiritual experience i can have with the kind of mindset that i have and maybe that will change the way that i think about these things I, I, I would be willing to bet you a million dollars. But I had a friend that was an atheist that went and did uh, a full. So he, his family is native American Cherokee and he never cared for any of the beliefs, teachings, anything like that. Growing up emo kid dressed up, not even like your traditional native American would, you know, really outcast of his whole tribe mm-hmm. um, ended up doing the seven day trip of ayahuasca, which is like, Ooh massive dmt you know what i'm saying that's like dmt mm-hmm. on steroids he came back as wise as my grandfather um he came back he said that he lived a whole life he yeah. had a wife he had children he had yeah. grandchildren he was naming places that he visited that i mean he was naming things in these places that mind you this kid had never left florida in his life his family lived on the reservation they were very impoverished they did not take trips they never left florida um, he had lived there for 16 years. Next thing you know, he's telling me places and, and specific things that it's like, you can't Google, you know, you can't Google certain things and we're looking them up as his friends. And we're just like, we're all blown away. Like, how the fuck do you know this? He's talking about places in Ohio. He talked about this one place in Oregon, um, that was like Northwest of Portland in the mountains. And there was like this treetop reserve thing that was like, I dude, it took us like 25 minutes of Googling this. We found it. He tells us like a lake about the pictures and in the picture section, there's exactly what he's describing. It was the most unreal thing I've ever like even witnessed. And this kid changed completely. I mean, he was as pissed off and angry as any other little emo teenager back then. And then next thing you know, he wanted nothing to do more in life than just spread good energy. Like all he talked about was like the transfer of energy. He's like, I just need to leave good energy in this world so that I can go on to my next life. And like, and I can join my ancestors. And it's, it's so crazy because he wasn't talking about like his ancestors were dead. He's like, I want to be able to ascend to the plane that they're living in so I can be with them. Wow. And so that makes you start questioning all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, Whoa, bro, that's nutty, man. Like, I don't even know what you're talking on, but I did a little DMT. You did the whole shebang. Yeah, the ayahuasca shit is just a next level spiritual experience. Isn't it? That's like for eight hours, you're going at least on a massive trip. I think he was like 14 hours deep. On wow. His. He was vomiting and puking. Mm-hmm. He had to recover for like three or four days. Like he did the whole thing, man. He committed and mm-hmm. it was, it was crazy. Like I said, he really did come back like, you know, when you're talking to someone and you can really feel the energy of them, whether they like really have maturity to what they're saying, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you can feel like if they're kind of immature with their words, like, oh, you don't really have perspective behind that. This, this, he had so much perspective behind so much of what he was talking about. And it was like so many things that like, you couldn't have lived as a 16 year old. Now that I'm 27, it's just, there's no way that the normal 16 year old would have had these thought processes without having lived it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, 
call me crazy, but there's a reason that like straight up hardcore addicts of heroin or alcohol will go do ayahuasca and completely be sober because they Mm -hmm. go and live a whole ass life and they're sober in that whole ass life. Yeah. In one of the, uh, in one of the trip reports, which you're seeing on YouTube, because I went through a whole stage going down the rabbit hole with this whole DMT thing, (laughs) never taken it, but I've done a lot of research into what it's like when people do take it. And one guy said it it was like, it was a thousand years. He was gone for, it felt like a thousand years. And he, uh, he was just flying around with this female energy, which he, he recognized and it felt as if he knew this female energy. But yes. He, he, he didn't really know. The, you know, it was strange perspective. It's hard to explain, he said. And you, when I'm walking next to that being, I no idea who the fuck it was. I felt more calm than I've ever been in my entire life. I mm. felt at peace, very warm. I felt good. I wasn't flying around. I've heard people flying around and I'm jealous mm-hmm. of that shit because like, I didn't have any abnormal, like I got superhero powers. Um, that would have been cool. Right. It would have been super sick, but no, man, it DMT is, it's different. It is so it changes your whole person. Cause I was right there with you, man. I didn't believe in much. I was baptized Mormon as a kid. And so I had the whole Mormon teachings and like, you know, getting that shit shoved down your throat. And right as I'm finishing my, my uh, Mormon teachings, my uncle Tommy um, is, is dealing with lung cancer and he was a biker. So if you can imagine someone, uh, my last name is LaRose. We hail from the red clan. So we're all redheads, like not all of us, but like it's in our blood. My beard is red as fuck. Mm. My uncle Tommy was pure red hair. Like he was a very red hair guy. So imagine a very tall, skinny, redheaded, bearded out, tatted out dude showing up to your Mormon church. Well, they really like outcasted my family. They didn't help at all. Um, People would stare. People wouldn't let us in the groups. Uh, They wouldn't include us in things. And I really got a dose and taste of kind of what culty organized like religion is. Mm -hmm. And I will, I don't care if you're Mormon listening. Um, Mormonism is a cult. East Coast Mormonism is much more chill and laid back. I live in West Coast and I got to see West Coast firsthand near Utah and Alpine, Wyoming when I live there. That shit is a, a brainwashed cult. Um, there is such severe uh, issues in marriages within the Mormon marriages and households. That we won't even get into that. But having been involved in that, I hit 16 and you know what? I said, fuck that. I was, an atheist. <laughs> I was, uh, I was a hardcore atheist. You know, I, I just had like militant. Uh, well, when you first become atheist, you become militant with it. You know? I was, I was telling everybody <laughs> God's not real. You're going to go nowhere after that. You know, I was, I was angry as fuck. I was telling everyone that. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, that DMT experience humbled my shit sideways because I realized like, I don't know what's out there. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not nothing because my ass there's dude, that what I, what you experience on DMT, if there's even dimensions possible of that, I know your ass is going to another dimension and I'm right there with you on the whole ghost things. I actually have a theory on the whole ghost and demons thing. Time travelers. Um, no, I actually think <laughs> like, like I, you know how dogs, so the weird shit. So like, I don't know if you watch nukes top five, but that's always a, a cool uh, YouTube channel to watch for paranormal. But the weird shit is, is the videos that give us, give my fiance and I the worst goosebumps are always mm. the ones where babies and dogs or cats are looking at the shit. Okay. Mm. 
Now, mind you, babies and dogs and cats, babies specifically, they are starting to do research and develop to see that babies might actually be able to see specific wavelengths and or frequencies like uh, infrared. I don't know why I said frequencies. I guess wavelengths is the right term. They can see wavelengths like infrared. Now, cats and dogs can see that shit. And it always intrigued me that infrared detection always picked up these like anomalies when people were doing ghost hunting. What's to say that these aren't just like a species of like, um, we're energy, right? And like Mm -hmm. your friend said, or that one person you said you watched said like there was energy and he was next to that female and he felt that energy. What's to say there's just not bad energy. And if you don't like, if you're giving that energy attention, it's not going to come to you. You know, if you're Mm -hmm. playing with a Ouija board, you're yelling at it, you're aggressive. What's to say that shit's not going to slap you sideways or open a cabinet several times that night. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know, but as far as ghosts and shit, that's a weird one, man. There's been too many, like, I don't know. There's just not like, you would think if there was demons, like a demon existed, right? Like that demon would have a name and that motherfucker would have been walking this earth for, you know, like a Deborah would be like, damn it, Bob, the demon's back again. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you would, you would think that there would be some answers with Ouija boards and shit. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, it's like, if, like you said, a ghost slamming a cabinet and shit. And it's like, if you're trying to send a message, why don't you pick up a pencil, write right? something down? <laughs> right for real i will say though have you ever looked up the uh how how ouija boards were made that's a creepy story in and no itself. no that's a weird one so your guests are gonna get a lot of weird shit for me today i guess that's um, cool this is what we do <laughs> um so the hasbro hasbro is the one who made ouija board you mm-hmm. know, like the, the original games and shit mm-hmm. my kid has one. Oh wow okay uh <laughs> so so the brothers it came to them in a dream. So they both apparently were dreaming one night. It came to both of them in a dream. They woke up. They said, hey, we need to make this. They start production. They make the first Ouija boards. The day that the production ends, I want to say it was either the older, I think it was the older brother. The older brother dies in a mysterious way. And then 24 hours or a week later, something like that, the other brother dies in a mysterious way. And when I, I, I'm like, okay, what's mysterious? These dudes literally were perfectly healthy and were like, I believe their neck and multiple bones were snapped in their bedrooms, like just mm. lay in there, you know, I said weird shit, right? So like <laughs> you look into that and you're like, all right, that's kind of weird. But if you really start diving deep down into the Hasbro's conspiracies, they're like related to like, I believe they're like distant cousins of Rothschilds and they have like pagan background to them. It's, it's a weird thing, man. I will say pagan. The only thing that freaks me out if, if, you know, not really a cult too much, but pagan shit freaks me out. I've seen too much pagan stuff in PA. Um, I can't explain what I saw. I've seen some dark stuff. It's just pagans do some shit. I don't even want to fuck with. So I don't even know how to explain ghosty nutty. Cause it wasn't like I was seeing shit move. Um, that same kid's house I, I was staying at and hit now, mind you, his family is pagans. They like not, they weren't practicing pagans. Um, but his family for generations were generational pagans and had like Ouija boards and culty shit in their house. Okay. So I go over and stay at his house. And this is the only time I ever stayed at my buddy's house. Like I literally 
never ever slept over at his house ever again. I made him come to my grandma's or my aunt's house. Cause I was like, fuck you and your creepy ass house. Not doing it. <laughs> um, this is their introduction. And I think they're fucking with me. Cause this is a family that generally does that. They're like, Hey, if you set down a glass, it might move. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, your cup of water just might move. Don't sweat it. And I'm like, all right, whatever you guys. Okay. Shut up. Quit, quit trying to scare me. You guys are going out of town. Parents are going out of town. It's like their anniversary. They went to like Virginia or some shit. Uh, brothers out in um, Philadelphia. He's uh, doing college shit. Sisters with them. They they were playing soccer at the time. I think they were both scholarships. Um, so no one's home. It's just Maddie and myself. And we're in the basement. I know that sounds creepy, but it's a renovated basement. And for mm-hmm. people who don't know Northern houses, when you walk in the front door, you're on like a half little staircase step you can go to the left you can go all the way to the basement or you can go up a half staircase and you're like the first floor and then you can round the corner and there's generally a staircase up to the second floor that's how most northern homes uh in america are built um well we're in the basement and now this is like the creepiest of the nights it's like three four o'clock in the morning we had just like got done playing video games at like midnight we're asleep already a few hours we're on a futon i wake up and I'm, I'm like, you know, that groggy wake up and I like my vision gets to me and there's someone standing in front of me and I'm like, oh shit, why is daddy awake? Like, what the fuck? So I roll over and I go, why are you awake? And as I roll over, this motherfucker sleeping next to me. What the fuck, bro? (laughs) And dude, I felt (laughs) this presence, this thing, this energy, like on top of me, just, it felt like it was staring into my soul like a good hour or two hours and uh yeah like i got i uh, that next night was the last night i stayed there because whatever thing exists in that realm of shit i don't know what to call it because i don't even know what they are i got locked into a bathroom for like eight hours and i was screaming bloody murder and he didn't even hear me and i was seeing shadows and shapes go across the mirror and it's not like my eyes don't play tricks on me dude like it was it was like someone running really fast you know in front of a mirror like that shadow type look and dude i i'm getting goosebumps talking about it i legitimately still to this day at 27 years old have a horrific fear of dark bathrooms because of it damn man you've been through some shit bro yeah, little little wild story. <laughs> <laughs> little wild ride over here. Your bo- your boys ended up in weird places. <laughs> you know. So yeah, this is a cannabis podcast, everybody. You know, <laughs> and Derek also has a cannabis podcast. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Damn, that's some dark shit, man. That, you... I know, weird. Mm. Weird stuff, pagan stuff, dude. I don't fuck with it. Yeah. I stay away from it. I stay away from it. Listen, I'm all about ghost stories. I like being spooked, okay? Yeah, man. Like like, it was just stuff. a couple of weeks late for the Halloween episode. This would have been epic shit for a Halloween special, bro. Oh, that would have been amazing Halloween you special. Yes. Hey, you kind of got like a Joe Rogan special here. We talked about so, so weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, to get back yeah, on man. cannabis, though. We'll, we'll, no, we'll no, we don't have cannabis. to. Just, uh, okay. just that whole running in the shadow, that running shadows. Uh, Marvis Parvis in the chat there says that gave, gave him chills, man. That gave me chills oh. too, bro. That's some scary shit. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... Uh... It, 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 it may be questioned a lot for a lot of years. Let's put it this way. I don't fuck with, I, I literally refuse to mess with Ouija boards. Um, I don't, I, if you're on asking my honest question, there was legitimately one time 
where I freaked myself out severely and I was alone in this current apartment. I have not told my fiance this cause like I've ignored it since. And this is the only time I'm speaking about it. And it will be the only time I fucking say it out loud. Cause I'm a very big believer in manifesting shit. <laughs> We're in this brand new apartment and as she was gone in Florida and bro, remember how I told you how I hate when animals get alerted my fucking dog. And I have a Dalmatian greyhound that's canine trained. Like she does not alert. Like she's mm. very, she's an EMS dog. Like for me to actually right. walk around with, like she's very trained. She alerts. And this is when I had like my whole apartment's full of grow tents. So I've got fans and shit going and I'm like, okay, maybe she hears something. She starts staring down my bath, my hallway at my dark ass bathroom. It's like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. No, it might've been midnight. This might've been midnight at this point. She's fucking staring down my damn bathroom. You're already like freaking that. me out, man. Bro, I was, I was, I'm looking at her and sh- her, first off, her hair starts raising, which I would, that was a big no-no. That, and I'm giving myself goosebumps right now so severely. Oh, dude, she, she starts doing her chuff thing. And like her hair is raising on her tail. Her tail starts tucking, which she doesn't tuck her tail unless she's scared. And she starts growling. Now I'm like, okay, it's time for glick glackety glock nine mil click clack. Um, so I grab my glock because I don't know what the fuck is going on. I adjust, I don't know if someone broke into my house and is hiding in my closet. Like, why the fuck is this dog acting like this? So I, I'm like peeking around my fucking tent. Dude, my fucking light in my bathroom flicks on and off, dude. Just oh, once. Just once. Fuck? Not not multiple times, just once. I never, never to this day, I'm knocking on wood. Whatever fucking demons are in my house, you fuck off. You know, that's what I do every time. I just say it. I, I have to do that. I burnt white sage the next day. I'm not playing, dude. dude I bro. watched that light go on. And I have a full-sized mirror across my bathroom so I can see everything. There wasn't shit in there. And I watched that light switch flip down by its motherfucking self. If you don't think I took my dog out of my apartment quicker than shit, I was out of my fucking apartment. I was walking around. It was like, dude, it was like 20 degrees outside when this shit was happening. My ass is outside at midnight. I was not having it. I was not having it. Uh Uh-uh. I don't believe in that shit, but I definitely believe like, I don't know what they are. I don't know if they just pass through shit randomly. I really don't know, but I'm telling you right now, I, I, to this day, I still don't know what that was. Like anyone in chat want to tell me, cool. Get, I burnt some white motherfucking sage. That's all I know. Damn. For the the dog to be alert and then the light to flicker like that. that, Wow. Yeah. I wasn't having it. And I don't do Ouija boards. I don't do none of that stuff, man. It was it. it And it raised, dude, it, it fucking scared me. I don't, I, not to say I get scared easily. Cause I don't get scared easily. There's like, I'm down to like, you talk about real shit. I'll fight. I'll, I've been stabbed in the stomach by a tweaker um, when I was 15. Good damn bro. Yeah. He came out of an alleyway. He was like, yo, give me your money. It was in Philadelphia. And I was like, all right, man, just please don't stab me. Give me one sec. I reach in my pocket. Dude just stuck me right in the stomach. My friends come Whoa. flying over my shoulder, start beating his ass. My dumb ass pulled it out and I passed out on the sidewalk. So that was not a good idea. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not necessarily afraid of a lot of things. I'm Damn, afraid you, of things I can't punch. You have really been through some shit, man. Yes. Damn, yeah, I've, bro. I've been jumped many a times, man. I had a, I have a whole, like a part of the, part of a lot of what I talk about. Um, if you would have 
maybe interviewed me two years ago, we would have had a stuttering nightmare of this episode because I couldn't talk without stuttering. It was really bad. Hmm. So I have like severe, severe trauma. I probably have maybe upwards of 10 major concussions. Um, been jumped many a times, probably over 30, probably over 30 fights as a kid. Um, I have 32 amateur fights doing martial arts and stuff like that. So there's those concussions as well. Um, but my worst jumpings was I was jumped by three, um, kids and my head kicked into a brick wall 12 times. Okay. So that was the worst one. Fuck yeah. Sake, I, my, my jaw was, I, I had my, uh, the, the hinge, my, the left hinge of my jaw and my growth plate on my chin, like right under your chin, it'll pop out every now and then. Cause it floats. Fucking hell. It's like, I'm supposed to come on your show and talk about what, <laughs> what, what are we going to do to top this? I ain't got no cool stories like this, bro. <laughs> hey man. Hey man. I I'll, I'll, I'll drag some cool shit out of you. Don't worry. I don't ever get to actually, if you want to be honest, my viewers are probably going to be hauling ass over to this. Cause I don't ever talk on my show. It's all my guests. I, I pretty much never, I don't really ever talk about my, uh, these stories and stuff. Cause honestly, main reason i guess i don't mind talking now because uh, the last interview i had he kind of asked me a few things um but my my clients recently i have some tattoo clients that really have been wanting me to tell these stories on podcasts because they're like you gotta share them i'm like yeah but people are gonna think i'm lying or something like people are gonna think they're so like wild or like it, it you know how could you live that life like that's why i generally only tell these stories to my tattoo clients because uh they're they're much more understanding <laughs> Yeah, man, fucking... No, who cares if people don't believe you, man? Your stories, you tell them, you know? Fuck it. That's the way it is. So we should start wrapping this shit up and call it a day and tell people where they can go out and find your podcast, which is about cannabis. Yes, it is about cannabis. <laughs> Not all the random shit we've been blabbing. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I have to be honest. I've had an absolute blast on your show. This awesome. has actually awesome. been... This has been really one of the funnest shows I've done. Um, if you guys want to find me and actually hear about cannabis and not hear me blab about random fucking shit, I mean, all sorts <laughs> of shit. Um, I teach cannabis every single week, Wednesday on um, Homegrown Podcast. You can find it on Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, the whole nine yards. Um, it's on like all that fun stuff. I also go ahead and teach on my Instagram, which I get censored a bajillion times. So right mm -hmm. now, I am censored. I don't, I can't respond to anybody, but the cannabis chronicles is my personal page for Instagram and YouTube. You guys can check it out. And yeah, that's pretty much where you can find us. Homegrowncannabisco.com is the company that I work for. And that's like the seeds that we use and all that fun stuff. I know you guys are out and probably most of your listeners are probably, um, I'm guessing overseas or in your area. Generally, no, USA, but... man. USA is oh, the most famous. Yeah. Shit, represent over here. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys can check them out. You guys can buy some seeds and all that fun stuff. Sweet. Yeah, man. It's been a pleasure just chatting shit for a while. It was good times, man. Good times. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you guys, I will have to have you guys come on to my homegrown podcast and shoot the shit. Yeah, man. Just say when. We'll be there. Cool. Well, I'll uh, hit you up after this and you let me know, okay? Nice. Nice. All right. It's been a pleasure then, Derek. We'll let you go, man. Yes, it's been a pleasure. You guys uh, take care. Uh, cheers. Yes, man. Enjoy, bro. Have a good night. This right. is where we wave, but you can't see us waving. Yeah, right. I'm waving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, you take care. Yeah, man. See you later, bro.
So there we go, everybody. That was Derek Loras from the Homegrown Cannabis Co. podcast. And of course, you can find him on all major podcast networks, iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, Stitcher, wherever you download this podcast from, you should be able to find his podcast as well. It was a great conversation. Really enjoyed having this conversation with him, getting high and just chatting shit about spirituality and, and ghosts. I mean, ghost stories were very cool. A little bit late for Halloween, but you know, only by a few weeks, right? But this would have been good for a Halloween episode for sure. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoyed getting high with us and just listening to us chat some shit. And we'll catch you on Friday for the Grow Guides, which is all about how to make great tasting cannabis. Don't forget we have competitions on the live show for the next few weeks as well. So if you're free on Sunday, then come and join us over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash high on homegrown. And you'll be able to join us for the competition where you can win $50 voucher or $75 voucher for phenoseeds.com. So check them guys out. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoy the next one. And maybe we'll catch you on Sunday for the live show. Have a good week, everybody. Stay high. Goodbye. <laughs>